Welcome to About Progress, a podcast devoted to ordinary people who are striving to improve themselves, overcome obstacles, and make something special of their lives, all while maintaining a healthy balance. In short, people who know life is about progress, not perfection. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today and each Wednesday. I am so pumped about today's episode and can't wait to introduce you to our guest today. And I'll do that in just a moment. But I wanted to first give a shout out to Dina Alexander, who was my guest last week on our episode on pornography. Such an informative one, how to teach our kids about pornography, another tough topic that Dina returned to talk about. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that episode yet, you can look at my archives, which are on my website, aboutprogress.com, and that's a great way for you to also peruse other episodes that I've done in the past. Last week, I'd let you know that I am going to be doing a better job of building our online community. That has been a goal of mine from the beginning, but guess what? It's time for me to up my game in that department and make sure we are really helping and serving each other. So there are two ways to do that. One, you can follow me on Instagram at About Progress, and I love to interact with you there. And two, you can become a part of our online Facebook community, which you can also find at About Progress. That's where I'm going to be pumping up what I do. I will be sharing things I find online that give me inspiration, that help me work on progress and not perfection, and just some little challenges that I think we can all work on together. And I really hope that you take the time to comment and discuss things there that I post and share away as well. Let's talk about today's guest, Preston Pugmire. This is a renaissance man, for sure. If there's one today, he is it. He is a musician, a public speaker, a life coach, and a podcaster as well at Next Level Life. This is a new podcast, and I am totally hooked. I've been listening to it faithfully ever since it started, and it really is influencing my life for the better. I did a little shout out of his podcast when I really loved one of the episodes I heard, and Preston kindly reached out to me, and we were discussing things and thought, you know what? I You should be on my podcast, and he said, well, you should be on mine, so here we go. Originally, Preston and I had in mind of him discussing men more specifically in this episode, but as it went on, we just talked more about vulnerability in general. So for those who have written in and asked me, how can I get my perfectionist husband to listen into these podcasts? Here's the one. Here's the one that I hope helps him, and I know it will also help you. Preston's here to speak to all of us about how our real strength can be found in vulnerability. He is so talented at speaking. I know you're going to learn so much from him. So let's go on to my interview with Preston. All right, I want to welcome Preston Pugmire to the show. Hi, Preston. Hello. It's fun to have another podcaster on the show and just a little bit intimidating because you are really good at what you do. (laughs) You are really good at this. So how about you introduce yourself for people who aren't familiar with you yet? All right. My name is Preston Pugmire. I am a speaker, a life coach, and a podcaster. And I assist creative entrepreneurs in realizing their vision because so many get stuck. And so through content and mentoring and coaching and specific game plans, we assist people just going to the next level in every area of their life. It sounds like that's what I need because I'm kind of at that point of my little career here, you know, so I'm going to we're going to have to talk off the air here and get something in um, in the works <laughs> for you to help me. I've listened to your show. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm, 
I got to take it to the next level, though. And so that's that's what your new podcast is about. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's called Next Level Life, mm-hmm. and it's a creative. It's personal development principles for creative entrepreneurs. And so I think that a lot of times in the entrepreneurial like mindset, it's about hustle and grind. And I want to bring it, not necessarily not doing those things, but I really want to have people start with their mindset and shift their mindset and bring law of attraction and bring mindset and personal development principles into the the room for the discussion so that the hustle and the grind and everything has a foundation and a context. Oh, I love how you describe that. Yeah, so you know, I knew you uh, from the Chris Loves Julia podcast, and when you announced that you were doing a new podcast there, I totally went right over and subscribed and started listening. And I love, I love the different tone you have in it. I mean, I love both tones of of the podcast that you do, but this one I I think is totally true. Like you, it's a good mix of how to and kind of the um, woo woo stuff that I'm totally into, <laughs> but I think are like. Uh, totally transformational. And so we're going to be talking a little bit more about that today. So tell people where they can find you before we really dive into our discussion. I just want to make sure we hit that. You can find me on the Next Level Live podcast or PrestonPugmire.com. Just all those things. Great. And for the uh, life coaching and creative entrepreneur coaching as well on PrestonPugmire.com. Uh, for that stuff, I, I like people to hit me up, like Kay. DM me on, on Instagram or email sure. me. Because I want to get a sense of where people are at and then Got have it. a conversation about how we can best move forward. And so it's not like a, there's not like an application form or anything like that. I want to have conversations with people. So well, on Instagram, that's what makes I'm. You, yeah. That makes you good at what you do, right? It's the <laughs> conversation. So, okay, so we're here to have a conversation about men being vulnerable, which is a tricky topic. I am one of those women who is so passionate about women, you know, and making sure our voices are heard. And I am tired about different stereotypes and cultural restrictions and all that. And, but I think I, I too easily can brush off how men are totally suppressed by society as well. And, you know, that our cultural dictates can interfere with their own growth, development, lives, family lives. It just extends out just as it does with women. So I want to hear first, how you think society suppresses men and what they dictate is acceptable. I've never thought about it in terms of men being suppressed. So that's really interesting that you say that because normally you talk about it is in terms of women being suppressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to ever come across as like men are victims of societal suppression sure. because we're not. A lot of it is self-imposed <laughs> yeah. and cultural, but... If there is anything to talk about as far as as that goes, it's emotional suppression. Got it. Yes. And talking about how, how, I mean, the phrase, be a man, man up, Mm -hmm. don't cry, like those things. We're taught, we, dudes are taught to suppress emotions and to just grit down and, and get through it. And, and I just, those phrases are suppressing phrases and I think that when you take an emotion and don't feel it and just decide that you're not going to feel it then you cannot process it 
and then it can just get stuck in your body and in your heart and your mind and it can turn into anxiety, depression, frustration, anger, mm -hmm. and all these other things. And over time, it just builds and builds and builds and then it just, ex you, it can explode. Yeah. And so to healthily feel an emotion, allow yourself to feel it, allow yourself to process it, and then move through it, I think is something that, that, that guys need to learn how to do. Because that seems to be something that is taught to women, or, or is like, I don't know, I'm doing air quotes here, allowed sure. by women mm -hmm. in society. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's often seen as a weakness. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think that that is BS because weakness, I think, is pretending that you're not feeling emotions, denying yourself of that humanity and wow. not allowing yourself to go there. What I want to make sure our listeners know, why we're having this conversation is because I personally have had so many women write in who have listened to lots of episodes of my podcast and said, you know, that I've benefited so much from this, but I see so much of my husband in these conversations. How do I help my husband through this? And so when you and I connected, I'm like, I feel like you are an answer to all these women who are who are asking, like, what's wrong with my husband? Why does he feel... You know, why, so there's a whole range. Why is he so angry? Why Why is he so numb? Why is he mm -hmm. so hard on himself? Um, why does he, why is he so sucked into work, 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 and being a perfectionist at work and at home and with our kids? And it goes on and on there. So that's why you're here to kind of speak on that. What influences men to believe that they have to be perfect in this manly way? Or what it looks <laughs> like to be manly for them, you know? That's the lack of the emotion. Is really that what you think? It's well, what it is is uh, the I feel, and I'm not a psychologist or a therapist in any way. I just have so much experience with people mm -hmm. and talking to people and in my own journey through this. Uh, I think it's encapsulated in a statement made by Brene Brown in one of her books, and it's not daring greatly. It's in one of hers, uh, I can't remember the title of it right now, but it's about shame and vulnerability mm -hmm. in men specifically. And this is the statement. She was interviewing a man and he said, my family and my wife would rather see me die on my white horse than to get off of it. Wow. And what, she, what he meant by that was, the, the man is the knight in shining armor, rides in, he's confident, charismatic, and he fixes everything, and he provides, and he has the just the, the masculine energy and everything like that. And he's on this white horse, and he's this knight. And he felt that his family would rather see him die up there and stay on there than to actually come off of it. Hmm. And what that meant was to to never show emotion. To come off the horse meant to show emotion, to show vulnerability, to to admit that he doesn't know how to fix everything, to admit that he doesn't can't provide in the way that he thought he could and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's this immense pressure to be the knight in shining armor. And I do not want to say that men are victims, and I do not want to say that it is the women's fault or there's any blame in this. Just take a look at the accountability on both ends. For the man... He has bought into that role. He has bought into that identity. And for the woman, how is she showing up 
such that he doesn't feel like he can get off that horse. Yeah. How is she showing up in such a way that he's like, I can't express emotion. I can't tell you how I feel because every time I do, you start to get worried about our situation yourself because now you're dependent on me for providing for this family. And if I express any uncertainty in that or any emotional vulnerability around that, then you start to get all like panicky about, oh, no, no, if he can't handle it, then what are we going to do? Because I don't have a job and all this stuff. And, and it just feeds and feeds and feeds the situation. And then there's no communication and then there's no talking. And so it's not about blame. It's not about sure. saying that you are doing this or you aren't doing this. It's about taking a look at where your accountability lies. And the empowering thing in that statement is my accountability means that I can change my actions. I can change my energy and I can change my thought process and my behaviors. Mm -hmm. And so if there are any guys listening to this, it could inspire them to feel, to take a freaking breath yeah, and feel like, oh, like I don't have to solve every problem. Mm-hmm. I can be in partnership with, with my partner, but also with my job and with my life and with my situation and with my emotions. And if there's a woman listening, she can feel, how am I contributing? This is a very, you had Jennifer Findlayson Fife on your, uh-huh. on your podcast. Yeah. Something that she said in one of her programs that is just uh, lights me up and I just think about it so much is when you come to the other person, you say, I see how my actions have led to this situation. And I understand why you have been thinking this way or maybe feeling this way. And I can totally see how me bringing this energy and bringing this this behavior and bringing this thought process to the situation has contributed to that. And then you just shut up. Yeah. And hmm. I actually recently did that with my wife. Mm-hmm. I, I had this, there was this, there was this tension and I came to her and I just, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like I did a meditation, uh, beforehand and I just like calm myself and I breathe and I said, okay, what is my accountability in this? And I came to her and I said, look, I understand the way that you're feeling. Let me let me make sure I understand it. Is it like this, this, and this? And she mm. said, yeah, that is how I'm feeling. And I said, I totally get why you're feeling that way. I totally get why that is the energy between us and the situation between us. And here's what I have done to contribute to that. And, uh, and I'm committed to shift that. And then I just stopped talking. Mm-hmm. And she, I stopped talking and she and then it opened up the dialogue and sometimes you have to be willing to accept that that other person is not ready to have that conversation yeah yep so many <laughs> times time. so many times between my wife and i uh we have this thing that we do where i say <laughs> i'll say are you open to something right now mm-hmm. are you open to some feedback or are you open to this conversation and she will be totally honest with me and i with her and I'll just say, if she asked me, I'll just be like, no, I'm not open to that. I am committed to being a grump fish right now. <laughs> and 
yeah. Me, give me a, give me thirty minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I can have that. But if we try to have that conversation right now, it's gonna blow up. Sure, that's a good way and, to ask that though. You yeah, know? just uh, are you open? And and to be totally okay if they're not, sure. and not like, oh oh you're not open. Oh, hmm, that's interesting. At least that's just <laughs> j- judgment. Yeah. There, anyway, that that answer took a very different turn than. No, this is what this is what we're here for is to have this conversation. I'm just thinking about I think a lot of times uh, the way we typically might imagine men falling apart is anger. But I think that is the very rare way that they are showing that how their living is not working for them. I think it's most often um, getting sucked into work or getting really hard on themselves or their families or withdrawn emotionally. Um, that's it. I was, yeah, I was going to ask what, what would you have to speak on that? Like what, what typically is in your experience, how men are suffering from withdrawing? Well, I think that withdrawing is the symptom of, and the manifestation of the suffering. I think that often anger is typical and it's so obvious Mm -hmm. because it's, it's an active thing and it's not subtle at all. Withdraw, withdrawal is subtle. And it's passive, and it's it can be uh, incremental, and it can be, yeah. get to the point where all of a sudden, three years down the road, you're like, we don't even like touch each other, we don't even like hug, or we don't even talk, and mm-hmm. like, and you can't expect uh, a three year process of getting to that point to be undone in one conversation. My goodness, yeah, that's really important. I, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. It's so it can be so subtle how it comes in. Oh, it's and it just creeps in tiny bit, tiny bit, tiny bit. There's a little less um, f- like conversation, a little less physical intimacy, a little less uh, quality time together. And it's just like it's just little, 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 little. And then after a year, you're like, where are we at? Mm-hmm. And it's just you wake up and it, it, you get past a certain threshold to where you're no longer willing to tolerate it. Okay. And then it turns into a crisis. Sure. And that's when I think we see either, you know, the anger, but I think more of the obvious depression or frustration or anxiety um, manifesting. And like you said, it can't be undone in one conversation. Before we kind of turn to a little bit more about your own story with this and, 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 and how you were able to break free from that. I wanted to ask how you think this ties into men with their careers. Because I think that's a lot to do with it. But um, that's me from the female, you know, point of view. <laughs> so how, why do you think it has so much to do with jobs and careers and and all that? I think that so many men are wrapped up in the identity of a provider. Eckhart Tolle, in his book, Brave New World, talks about identities and roles. Roles as a father, roles as a husband, roles as a mother, as a wife, as like, even as a grandmother or a son, whatever. Like, if you identify with a role or a specific part in a play of life that you that you have to play and act out, then you wrap up your identity in that. What I mean by that is, if I am a provider and then that is my role, then if I don't, if I'm not able to provide in the way that 
I want to because I love my family and I love mm-hmm. my kids. I love my wife. And if I can't give them the life that that I see on Facebook or Instagram sure. or these movies or whatever, then it threatens my identity. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so that's the identity as a provider. And if it threatens my identity, then my then I have I have less value. Hmm. Because I'm not living up to my own standards, subconscious standards of a provider. And this is, we're, we're getting into deeper stuff. Like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people don't go below the surface of these things because it is painful. Yes. It is. And to, to, to go to that dark night of the soul where you are taking inventory of who you are in your in your deep down identity uh and it just gets it gets all wrapped up in everything and so when you Mm. separate yourself from that and recognize that this is what i did i separated myself from that and it was not an event it was a process and i decided that i have value as a human and as a child of god completely independent of my uh, bank account mm-hmm. or what I can get my kids or or whether or not my family can take this vacation. And when I separated myself from that, understood that my value was innate and inherent, just like my kids, dude. Like, let me get back to that in just a second. I don't want to get derail myself, but when I understood that, then I was able to release myself from the pressure. Okay. And that was a vulnerable moment or journey or process because that meant that I had to give myself permission to decide that if that month wasn't a high, high grossing month, that that didn't mean anything about me. I didn't have to make any decisions about my value as a person and as a husband and as a father based on that number. And they are separate things. And I think that if you ask somebody they're going to, to your face, they're going to say, well, yeah, my value isn't tied to my bank account. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's going to admit that. Sure. But then if they get fired or laid off or if they're mm-hmm. not providing or whatever, whatever, and then they withdraw and get depressed or feel bad about themselves as they're going to sleep or something like that, it is, it is something that they're tying to their value. Mm-hmm. And recognize that there's nothing wrong with that unless you want to shift it and then you get to do the emotional work okay. necessary to get to that point. And it's not going to happen overnight. I freaking began this nine years ago. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know more of the backstory. Like what 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 was that moment of, you know, you had said before, there's kind of a crisis moment where people where men yeah. can get to that point where. It's either break or break away from this way of thinking and do the deep work. So um, if you don't mind, what was it for you nine years ago? What started it? Oh, there wasn't a crisis point nine years ago. Nine years ago is when I became aware of personal development Uh as an intentional thing. I went to a a conference in Utah and changed my life, completely changed my life. And I began this journey and started working with coaches. And What was the conference? It's called Impact Trainings. Huh. And it's a four-day intensive event and it, or a conference, rather. Uh-huh. And there, 
there is they go deep right away with <laughs> with what is going on for you what huh. is not working and why is it not working what are some decisions you made about yourself as a result of things that have occurred in your life and how can we recognize that that's not who you are let's first oh, figure out okay. who you're not mm-hmm and then realize who you are. And so many people go through oh, this tiny, tiny, tiny incremental uh, like life, and we hold on to these decisions that we made as a child. And I understand that there are different ways of thinking, Adlerian versus Freudian and stuff like that with psychology, but bottom line is we make decisions as a kid, mm-hmm. and then we hold on to those decisions and don't realize how much they inform our behaviors as adults. And we think, oh, we're an adult now. So we have shed those immature beliefs. I actually did a podcast about this this week about giving yourself permission and shedding immature behaviors and thought patterns as a result of, or no, in order to go to the next level mentally and emotionally. It's now time for our mid-episode break. You guys, I have so many ideas for this podcast. At night when I'm up with my baby, I find myself having a hard time going back to sleep because my brain is on fire with all the ways I want to continue this community and to serve you better. And one of those ways is by making sure you know of the services I have to offer. This is a simple one. I love to consult people who are trying to start their own podcast. I have someone reach out to me a few times a week asking a lot of questions. And you know what? It's not easy to answer them. It takes a lot of time. And so I started consulting people this past fall and it's just been such a good experience for me. I know it's benefited the people that I have consulted with and helped a lot. It's also benefited me. It's formed a really great podcasting community. So if you or someone you know is interested in starting their own podcast, have them take the biggest shortcut of all and turn them on to me. They can email me at packerprogress at gmail.com and I'll share more information with them there. But it is a lot of one-on-one and I will share all my secrets. It took me months of research to start this podcast and I am not exaggerating that. The information online is so varied and a lot of it's outdated, but a lot of people just keep their podcasting secrets close to them and don't share willingly. And also, like I said, takes a lot of time to do so. I'm willing to invest that time in you And if you can just give me that opportunity, I'd be so excited to continue building this podcasting community offline as well. You can again reach out to me at packerprogress at gmail.com to inquire about these consultation services. Let's get back to my interview now with Preston. You were talking about the Impact Conference. What What was it about it that made you want to do it? Oh, my, <laughs> my mom said, hey, we're going to this thing. And she like uh, one of my brothers was like struggling with some stuff. And so we were going to go to this like empowerment conference. I literally knew, you know, more about it right now than I knew before I walked in the door. Yeah. My, my mom, <laughs> okay. my mom called me up and said, hey, we're all going to go to this thing as a family. Yeah. And I was uh, newly married. I was 26, 27. And I, I was like, OK, cool. And we just went. And, and so I you, didn't. I mean, you had no way of yeah. knowing it was going to change your life. 
no, nah, I didn't even know what it was. I had, wow. Like I didn't, yeah. didn't even know what it was. And then when I heard this stuff and felt these things, I just, my mind was opened. Uh-huh. It was like I had stepped, it's like I had been <laughs> just like breathing through a straw mm-hmm. my whole life. And I was like, this is fine. Everything is cool. I'm breathing totally, <laughs> totally normal. And then somebody removed the straw and said, open your mouth. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that was possible. That was what happened inside my brains. So what was it about that conference that taught, what did it teach you you were not? Because you said that's the first step. So what did it show you you were not? It taught me that I was not my clothes, my music, my job, my house, my wife, Mm -hmm. my behaviors my Mm -hmm. everything that i thought like if somebody asked you okay we'll do this if somebody asked me who i was i would have said well you know i'm i'm preston i listen to this kind of music i do this for my work i have these friends i i'm married to this girl and all the da 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 and name all these things and that if you'll notice none of those things are about me yeah not Mm -hmm. a single one and so stripping away that identity and now I'm like oh shoot who am I Mm -hmm. and then they replaced it they didn't replace it they taught me how to replace it with who I actually am I created a a statement for for who I actually am and so that's what I was going to ask you I'm like so can you answer it now who are you (laughs) I don't know if I can answer this so this is so intriguing to me so so who are you (laughs) tell me tell me that I I am a powerful, kind, joyful man of light. And as that man, I embody inspiration and creativity. And through my life, I testify of the living God so that all his children feel self-worth. Oh, holy cow. That's who, I, that's who I am and that is what I do. Because whether you call it consciousness or God or universe or whatever, we are all connected to a creative point. And when we tap into that divine connection through our creator, we can become who we are meant to be and feel the self-worth and feel that individual calling to live our purpose, whatever that looks like for you. And it's different for everybody because everybody has something that they are meant to do. Huh. Okay. And and yeah. Okay. Sorry. I, no. I, I just get, I got, I totally got chills. Because I, I, I can see that mission, that purpose in you. I mean, you radiate purpose, and I think you can't do that until you know fundamentally who you are. And so that's a good challenge to me to figure that out. And I like that you're giving us a first big step is to figure out who you are not and shed those you have identities. To start there. Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. think a big layer. Um, well, obviously that takes a lot of years of work is this vulnerability piece that you have brought up, um, especially especially as a man. So let me ask you, what do you get on the other side? Like af- before and after the straw was removed, like once you were able to shed the identities, get to the core of who you truly are, why should someone aim for that? What's on the other side? <laughs> especially for men. Tell- yeah, 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 yeah. So here's the thing. I... I genuinely believe this. Even after all that, I don't think that anybody should do that. Mm-hmm. I really feel that way. 
Okay. If you are feeling like something is not working for you, then you can take a step and then you can start this process. But I found out the hard way, <laughs> gosh, that that some people are not not only not interested but not ready. And I, because I removed the straw and I was like breathing and I was like, this is so great. And I went around metaphorically and I started like trying to pull out all my friends' straws and be like, look at this. It's so great. You can think this way. You can do this. And I actually lost some friendships because I was too aggressive about telling people that they needed to do this. Got it. And, yeah. and so that I learned my lesson. And now I just, if you feel like your intuition is saying, yeah, I can I can step it up. Or, or I would like to shift into feeling more purpose or not feeling like I'm stuck in a rut or you know, d doubling my business or whatever that looks like. like mm -hmm. Then, then, uh, then you can begin the process. And it can begin some, with something as small as listening to a podcast or uh, reading a book or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that is kind of a passive experience and but it's a it's a first step. Yeah. And then a more active experience is doing the things that the podcast says. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um or doing the things that the book says. Sure. Uh, and and then uh the the next step is working with a, a coach in a mastermind group or in like a going to a conference or something like that. And then the next step is working with somebody one-on-one. -on -one. I I go to conferences, but right now I have a, a personal coach I work with one-on-one -on -one to take me to the next level. Because what a coach does and what a mentor does is points out your blind spots and allows you to see things that you didn't know were issues or like looks at things from a completely different perspective, an unbiased perspective with no you have all your emotional baggage in a situation and they just like come say, well, you get to th think this way or do this or whatever. And it's it's brilliant. I have made huge leaps and bounds when I work with a coach. That is so fascinating to me. Like I understand that from the point of view of someone who had a lot of recovery to do with um, some big struggles that I had and needing a therapist, you know, to walk me through. But I feel like and, I, and I've been saying for a long time because of that, I think everyone can benefit from therapy. What makes life coaching different? So or is it different? I, it is. It is. Uh, I think that therapy definitely has a place. I, I've done therapy, and I've, uh, <laughs> I've been not open to it, mm -hmm. and I've been open to it as, yep. as I have approached it uh, for some personal things and also for some stuff I dealt with with my parents' divorce and, mm -hmm. and things that I had uh, taken on decisions about myself as a result of that. And I think that it definitely has its place. I feel like if somebody has depression or clinical depression, that they should definitely seek some professional help with that. Sure. Or if there are other issues, r recovery from traumatic events and things like that. Mm -hmm. What a life coach does and what a what I do, the, the way that I approach it, because I'm not a licensed therapist, I approach things from, okay, where are you at right now? Mm -hmm. And how can we together move to the next step? Kay. How can we get you to take radical action and mindset change so that you can achieve radical results? It's for people whose lives are working and they want to just, they're eager for more.
because mm-hmm. if you are in a state of you're shut down and you're yeah just in a state where things are just really really not working and you're and you're shut down mentally and emotionally then that's not maybe the next step for you got it and so there, there are levels and there are steps I, I would I don't think that I can fix anybody I don't think that I should work with everybody mm-hmm. I think that if you feel called uh, to do this and you feel like wow I've I've never thought about working with a mentor awesome then have a conversation with somebody and and I really believe this I feel like I am a fit for a lot of people and if the things I'm saying resonate with somebody awesome let's explore where it can go and if the things I'm saying don't really resonate with you, find somebody who does, talk to Monica and have her be your coach. I mean, like, just like do do something and find a mentor. Work with somebody that resonates with you, that you like the way that they think, the way that they approach, and you feel like you would be able to implement because they're gonna push you. Okay, I love that you clarified that. And that's really interesting to see. Um where the break is kind of in that, like where the line is. And, yeah. and, um, so I'm, I'm also thinking about what I kind of was hearing you saying, it seems like when you were able to tap into being a little more vulnerable, shedding identities and experiences of your life that made you think certain ways about yourself and what you're doing, it seems like you gave yourself permission and freedom to dream. Oh yeah. Can you tell oh, me more about yeah. that? Because that's so what I, I feel from you. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. had a, I had an experience. It was actually at Impact where we we had, without going too deep in the process, it was where people told me what they saw mm-hmm. as far as how I was showing up, and it was one of the most intense uh, experiences as far as like people being brutally honest, out of love, like pure love. And it was a very in just amazing environment. And I realized I had I had one of the biggest breakthroughs I've ever had, and that was this. I had spent so much time, energy, emotion, money, whatever, creating a facade yeah. for my life. This is what I want my life to look like to other people. And this is, and this is how I present it to other people now. I say, I'll, I'll just do it to you, Monica, right now. You, I want you to think of a human in your life that you know without saying their name out loud. Think of that person that okay. you would perceive of as fake. Okay. You got that person in your mind? Yes. Okay, so everybody knows somebody. The listener is doing this too. Now, I want you to... <laughs> turn around and look at their life through their eyes do they think that they are being perceived of as fake hmm. my guess is no yeah they have put up this facade and they want people to believe that everything's fine that my family looks like this my life looks like this my everything like this is how i woke up like this right that's uh-huh. how i like this my whole thing and so the energetically they're putting that out and you can see right through it you can see right through it. And now this is the crazy part. Now you get to flip it around and realize that in that exact same way, every single person in your life can see right through your walls. 
Yeah, it's kind of one of those scary thoughts, right? That's scary to think about well, that, but it's also kind of it 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 breaks it breaks through, right? It's it, like it, yes, it does. So for me, huh. when I experienced that, yeah. it was one of the most freeing moments of my entire life because yes. okay, because I realized all of the time, emotion, mental energy, all of the, the everything, the money that I've spent getting to this point of of portraying myself a certain way it was not doing anything because people could just see right through it anyway oh my goodness, it was a glass yeah. wall mm -hmm. and the reason that was freeing instead of scary because you can take it either way so let's sure. decide let's decide mm -hmm. to take it this way because right now somebody is like oh it shoot that's scary this is why it's empowering because now you can take all the time, energy, emotion, money, everything and put it into something else because what you are putting it into right now isn't yielding the results that you want anyway. So it's like you're spending all this money on something and it's not even doing anything. So you could take that. I, I'm using the, the money as an example because it's like tangible and you, sure. can, you can feel it. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm spending all this money on this car and it's just sitting in the driveway and nobody's driving it because everybody can just see see that it's a facade. Nobody's driving the car. So now I take the money that I was spending on the car, sell the car, and now I have all this excess money. That's your time. That's your energy. That's your yeah. emotion. Mm -hmm. That's your mental state. And now you, where, do you, where do you spend it? You spend it on developing real, authentic relationships with people. Okay. You spend it on allowing yourself to be imperfect. You spend it on finding your true identity as a real person and being authentic, creating that real, the, the real relationship. And that's reality. And that's where the and, real work comes in too, right? Like yes, you got to be willing to put in the work. Yeah. And so I had this moment of realization. Uh-huh. And now nine years later, I'm still working on it. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's an amazing, exciting journey. Yeah, you don't seem defeated by it. You know, you still have like the energy. Like this is a well, good thing to keep moving forward and working on it. Yeah, uh, part of that's because I'm on a podcast with you, and I did some preparation for this, and I'm not gonna <laughs> come off as sure. a Debbie Downer on the show. But like, <laughs> I go through ups and downs for mm -hmm. sure. It's called being a human. It's called having life and life is going to life at you all the time yeah you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> burn dinner you're gonna have a bill you're gonna get a fender bender your kid is gonna throw a tantrum in the store mm -hmm. so what do you do with that yeah and if you have the foundation of this mentality that this is not my identity and my value is not wrapped up in all of these different things it's innate then you can spend that emotional energy on finding solutions, being calm, being able to handle, uh, step into your power, and just huh. all of those different things. I it's beautiful. That. Okay, this has been really, really awesome. Okay, I have two questions. One, yeah. tell me one of the, the things they told you about yourself that you didn't realize was a facade. <laughs> I'm just really curious. Uh, yeah, no, that's a great, nobody has ever asked me that question. Really? I've told this story a couple times. Yeah. People always just take it at face value. I love that you asked it. I 
was I had uh, dressed myself up and I was wearing like a nice shirt and a nice sweater and I was standing there tall and they said, Preston, you are <laughs> you are presenting yourself as somebody who has it all together and I can tell that inside you're falling apart. Hmm. And I realized I was just like, how, how can you see that? What, what, what am I doing or not? Do? Like it just, I was like, just couldn't even process that somebody could see that, and huh. it just, uh, it blew my mind. That's super. And cool. so, so I decided, okay, now it doesn't matter what's going on in the the facade. I get to do the internal work and actually get to the point where. Nobody can say that because it's not true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody is having a real connection with me and actually like seeing who I am, that's not <laughs> that's not going to be a thought that they're going to have. And so it, and it's not about like, again, you don't want to get to the point where, oh, I want to portray my inside self as having it all together because then you're doing the same thing right mm, yep so okay so you're doing the same thing so for me it maybe i even said it wrong about like getting to the point where nobody would ever say that again because that is again focusing on what somebody else is perceiving and that there's no joy in that no long-term joy in mm -hmm. that and so i want to get to the point where completely and totally regardless of what anybody else sees I feel completely at peace in myself within myself that I that I either have it all together or I am totally fine with the parts of it that that, that I don't have all together okay that's and it's and that, yeah it's and that's not my my identity and it's accept self-acceptance and self-worth and self-love mm -hmm. and recognizing that Having something that you're working on doesn't mean that you're not whole, doesn't mean that you're not complete. There's no arrival. You don't, you don't arrive and they're like, oh, okay, now I don't have to do any more work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're always learning. I would even say that it's about progression. There you go. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? It's funny, though. That idea of never really arriving really frustrated me a few years ago. I was like, are we Tell never? I was like, are we never going to rest? Is this is this what we're destined to? You know, and with my beliefs, I'm like, for all eternity, am I never going to get a break? <laughs> is it always just going to be so hard? <laughs> well, but, can I say something about that? Yeah, I would love to hear your thoughts on that. I've thought about it a lot for a few years. Okay, this is, some people will hear this and dismiss it, and some people will hear this and it'll change the way they think about it. But the answer to are we all are we ever going to arrive is no, because we're already there. Okay. And I mean that because <laughs> yeah. the the journey of self discovery, the journey of progression, the journey of learning, that is That's the, point. the purpose. Yep. Yeah. That's kind of that's what I've come to too. And it's kind of freed the frustration from it and the angst about it. And yeah. it's just empowered me to 
kind of accept that that's how it is and to keep working on things with a different attitude, I guess. That's that's what it is. It's about having a different attitude toward it because you can say, oh, great. This is this is the destination. This is this is junk. My kids yeah. throwing tantrums is the destination. No, it's about allowing yourself to have peace and joy. And the the emotion that you want, it's about allowing yourself to have that in the current moment. Fabulous. And it's and it's work. Yeah. But it's worth it. Ooh. So why is it worth it? Tell me about some positive effects for you and your wife and your kids. Like, how is it radiated out out from you? The, these good effects. Uh, specific. Let's do a real world example. Yeah. Last uh, t- two nights ago, we were having dinner. And I have a four-year-old and an eighteen-month-old, mm-hmm. and the f- <laughs> my four-year-old climbed up on the table and started like hitting my head, like play hitting my head, like "Hey, Dad!" and just like slapping at my head, like drumming on it like a bongo. And my eighteen-month-old saw that, came at me from the other side, climbed up on the table, and started like hitting me with her fork. <laughs> and they were just drumming on my head, and 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 they weren't eating their food, and mm-hmm. it. I they I was like, dude, why aren't they, they need to eat food? How are they still alive? And then they're hitting me in the head. And I just got home and all this stuff. And I'm like, I want to spend time with my family. And I started to feel myself get frustrated. And I started to feel myself w- wanting a future event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the emotion of peace, the emotion of connection, the emotion of happiness, and not whatever not frustration is for you and I literally stopped took a breath and said I can bring that into my space now Hmm. instead of waiting for it in a future date yeah and so and it's not like I decided that all of a sudden I was gonna love having my head hit with a fork sure but I but I turned it into instead of getting because I started to get like frustrated with my kids and then I stopped. I did that. And then I started playing back with them and and, and laughing. And I, I took the fork out of her hand so she didn't injure my eye. And then and then I started just like playing back with them and it turned it into a game. And I mean, that's might be a small example, but you can do that with no, everything where you say, what is the future that I am waiting for? Mm-hmm. and bring it into my present space. And that the reason I brought that specifically up is because my kids were freaking out and hitting me and I chose to turn it into something with my positive energy and create my my future idea of what I wanted in the present space now. Okay, that's so applicable. I mean, that, that goes with anybody. Frustrating yeah. doesn't work. In traffic, car, the bills, the family. Yes. Um, and that is what life is. Like, that is so much of what life is made up of are those small moments like that where we have those choices we can make. So I like that you're giving yeah. us a way to actually choose. I want to say one thing about it in a career uh, yes, finance Yes, I would love, love that. Yeah. This is, okay, so I drive uh, right now, and I, I drive a 2007 Toyota Yaris with 320,000 miles on it. Wow. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a and lot. I realized I realized last week that the reason I'm driving this car is because I'm driving this car. Like I I have just like 
Have you ever done something and then you just realize that you're doing it because you did it before and now you're just still mm -hmm. doing it? Like, yep. I just was completely unconscious of what I was doing. And I was like, I don't want to drive this car. And it took me a long time to get to that point. <laughs> and so I yeah. decided that I wanted to have a car. A, a, I wanted to have a 2015 or 2016 Prius. Like, you know, two, two-year-old car or something like that. And so I got on YouTube and I found the Prius commercial, which is just a 90-second ad with only music and no talking. And I watched that video, not every single day, but almost every single day. And I listen to the music and I feel the music and I picture myself driving that car. And now when I'm driving to work, I'll throw that song on and I'll throw the video on. And I literally bring my future... Uh, situation that I want, which is driving that car, into my present tense situation. And I picture myself actually driving the new car. And somebody could say, that's cool. You're just fantasizing, and but you're not really driving that car, Preston. So that's not really like practical advice. It's about visualizing yourself getting there. And then you bring that in and then you say, okay, so what does somebody who drives that car do? And then I looked up and I found a really good deal on a, on a car. And then I called the car dealership and then I told them, I was pretty bold with him and I said, I am committed to make the money for this car in full in the next two weeks. I'm not really sure how, but I'm committed to make that money and not take out a loan and buy this car in full in the next two weeks. And the guy said, cool, I'll take it off the lot and I'll send nice. you a bill sale with no, with, I haven't given him a dollar. And I said this to him, I said, <laughs> we're getting into woo-woo stuff, whatever. I said, go for it. <laughs> I said, I have already bought the car. I have already made the money and I have already given it to you. And I am already driving that car. You and I just have yet to experience it on this physical plane. What do you and do? His response, his response was, cool. All right. Yeah, <laughs> let's do that. I love it. I That's just, so cool. And there's no doubt in my mind. That was yesterday. Yeah. And so by the time this episode comes out, I don't know when it's, I'm driving that car already. And I, I've already so cool. made... I've already made steps to create that extra money uh -huh. and just do that. So it's about w number one, mindset. What do you okay. feel that you're capable of? Number two, game plan. Do you have a specific game plan? Then you get into the skills that you bring to the table. And lastly, it's about the tools. And so that's the, the order of, of, of importance. Mindset, game plan, skills, then tools. And you can do that in every aspect of your life, whether it's career finance, relationships, mental, emotional, or health and fitness. You do all of these things and it all comes back to mindset and then taking committed action. That's and so great. That's different than we had in, intended on talking about, but I, I love talking about that stuff and so it went into that. That's what so. we needed. I, I, yeah. I know that's what I needed too. So I'm thinking... Um, for a practical way for someone to start with that mindset piece, what is a practice they can start doing uh, daily to start working on this? And I know there are a lot of practices, a lot of routines, rituals, what have you, that can go into developing things. But what is one that you recommend people to start doing? Meditation. Okay. 
and Mm -hmm. intentional meditation uh, that it has a duality of purposes, which is calming and clearing the mind and then visualizing the reality that you want. You think about what it is actually going to feel like when you have that really great job. You feel like what it's actually going to feel like when you have that really great relationship with your husband. And then you bring it into your current space, that emotion, and you visualize it and then you, and then you calm your mind, calm the noise. There's so much noise mm-hmm. in our lives, especially with our phones. Yes. So you've seen billboards that say unplug to, to reconnect, right? It's like, oh, that sounds great. Do it. Mm-hmm. Actually put your phone on airplane mode at 9 p.m. In the right. morning before you do anything, take a moment and meditate. Mm-hmm. Breathe. And if you don't know, if, if you're new to it, do the Headspace app. Download the Headspace app yeah. and pay $8 a month. Something like Everybody has 8 bucks a month. And then you can, like, they will guide you through it specifically. And then you can add some visualizations like I just talked about. But calm your mind and get rid of the noise so that you can reconnect with who you really are rather than what everything else is deciding you should be. Fantastic. And I can attest to that. That's something I have been trying to develop, that skill of um, being able to meditate, which is really difficult for me. My mind has always been a runaway train, you know, but even doing it five minutes before I get out of bed, um, that's where I have started. It's been just five minutes and, you know, I gradually work my way up. But that alone has made a big difference for me. So I'm glad that you talked on that. Um, We could keep talking forever, Preston. You had one more question. Yes, I have one more question for you. I ask each guest what they've learned about themselves for the the past few years. I want to tie that into our discussion on being a man. You know, so what have you learned about? yeah. Yeah, what have you learned about yourself as a man the past few years? My strength is in my vulnerability. And I really mean that because when I am willing to admit things and and come down off of that white horse that we talked about, then I am saying by my energy, I'm saying that I am strong enough to show you my weaknesses. I'm strong enough to be vulnerable. And I think that somebody who is not willing to be vulnerable, although it appears strong and, and it appears as strength, it's actually a very weak position because they are uh, saying that their their identity and their position is held up by only if somebody doesn't see their weaknesses and their vulnerabilities. And since we all know we have them, and since that facade is glass anyway, you can see right through it, come down off the horse and recognize that your strength is in your vulnerability and it actually means that you're a whole and complete person and you have value regardless of the things that are going on for you that was wonderful i had to write down part of what you just said so i can remember that just for the next few days before i edit this preston you are fantastic i hope everyone goes and listens to your podcast and checks out your website but definitely i can see why a life coach is what's essential to helping you move towards this this uh, ability to be more purposeful and uh, mindful and uh, is it visionary? I don't know what the word is, you know, (laughs) 
That's same whatever visionary. you want to say. Sure. Yeah. Just so, ha- having a vision and realizing that and yes. bringing it into your reality. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Preston. And tell us one more time where people can find you before we say goodbye. Yeah. DM me on, on Instagram. It's Preston.Pugmire or uh, Next Level Life Podcast. I've created a Facebook community that's a group Great. for people who listen to the podcast where I do daily, like, coaching and stuff like that just like with oh, the whole great. group yeah. and I want people to join that and stuff like that and it's called the next level life community for that's creative so entrepreneurs great. and people who want to take their life to the next level in any capacity so on Facebook look up next level life community listen to the podcast Preston.Pugmire uh, you can there's a lot of ways I, Preston Pugmire is a really unique name so if you yeah. google it you, you'll, you'll just find me Okay, and I'll put them in the show notes as well so people can access okay, cool. those easily. Thank you so much. This was fantastic. Awesome. Thanks for having me. It was such an honor to have Preston on the show. Thank you to Preston for giving me this opportunity, for connecting with me as a friend and fellow podcaster. And you know what, you guys? I would definitely check out his podcast as I've referenced Next Level Life. Also check out his website, PrestonPugmire.com. I've linked to all of these in my show notes, which you can find at AboutProgress.com. You're going to want more of Preston in your life. Now, the really exciting thing is I'm going to be on Preston's show soon. So stay tuned for that. I'll make sure I share the details. It's, it's a fun one because he's actually coaching me on air, which is really intimidating for for me but so beneficial i think you're gonna love being a fly on the wall of what a coaching session looks like especially as a creative entrepreneur which i am now identifying myself as i'm finally owning that identity and it's really exciting thank you for making this whole community possible thank you for sharing this podcast if you like what you heard today make sure you share it especially with that man in your life that we talk about in the beginning or a friend who is struggling to own their weaknesses or to to reach into their vulnerability and find greater strength. You can do that by taking a snapshot, texting it, sharing it out on social media. Whatever way you do it, sharing it is the best way that this podcast gets those boosts and builds a community that I so desire. Next Wednesday, I will have another great interview for you and more is in store, friends. Just keep staying tuned. I just am so looking forward to sharing more of my heart, my thoughts, and what I want to offer you and this community. I'll see you next Wednesday, and until then, take care of yourself.